You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. On your dial, Mark Teresi here, Executive Director of Holy Name Cathedral, who is sitting in for Father Greg Sackowitz, our Rector at Holy Name, and also the host of Catholic Chicago. He is continuing his treatments for his uh, uh, aftermath of his hip surgery. He's doing well. He sends his regards. Um, and uh, we have a very good show today. Uh, our first guest uh, are from Resurrection College Prep High School and the Republic of San Marino um, in Italy. Resurrection College Prep is the largest all-girls Catholic school on the north side. Juniors there have a unique upcoming opportunity to mix virtually with their counterparts. This is amazing. At the Scuola Secondaria di San Marino. San Marino is a small, independent state surrounded by northern Italy. In particular, they are going to learn together the fascinating story of how the life of Oak Park native Ernest Hemingway was saved by the Republic of San Marino during the First World War. So far, the students have learned about this history of San Marino with a visit from one of our guests, the Council in Chicago of San Marino, Robert Allegrini, and the coordinator of the class, our other guest this morning, in this virtual exchange, is a teacher at Resurrection College Prep, Lynn Scalaro. And I believe we're going to be joined also by a student from Resurrection, Antonia Baroni. Um, good morning. Good morning, Robert, Lynn, and Antonia. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Buongiorno. Hi, good morning. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. Uh, boy, what an exciting, exciting program. Why don't we start this way. Lynn, give us a little background. I, my uh, daughter-in-law graduated from Resurrection. Uh, we have a special needs child. We don't have Lynn yet. Oh, oh, Lynn, we don't have Lynn yet. Okay, well, Robert. We'll st- <laughs> <laughs> you got Robert. That's good, a good start. Good, good. Let's, let's talk a little bit about first the Republic of San Marino. Give us a picturesque idea of what's what San Marino looks like. Absolutely. So it is physically the third smallest state in Europe after the Vatican City and and Monaco. It occupies about 24 square miles uh, in north-central Italy on the Adriatic side of the country. Um, And it centers around Mount Titano, which is this spectacular mountain that is so high that uh, from it you can look clear across the Adriatic to, uh, to Croatia. So it's a fascinating place with impeccable Catholic uh, credentials because, of course, it was named after its founder, St. Marinus, San Marino, uh, who came from the Isle of Rab, uh, which is um, an isle in the Adriatic, and founded a monastery on this mountain, Mount Titano, 
and became the, um, uh, the founder of, of the country named for him in the year 301 A.D. So it's actually the oldest country in the world. If you Google wow. San Marino, oh. you'll see that it is the oldest country oh. in existence. Wow. Wow. Now, how did you connect to become counsel uh, here in Chicago for San Marino? Uh, did, well, you grow I, up? I spent, did you grow up there? No, I, I grew up here, but I spent a, um, a lifetime in uh, hospitality public relations and tourism public relations. And so San Marino was looking for a council that could help promote the country, since tourism, of course, is one of the main uh, economic drivers of the country. It's, mm-hmm. it's a wonderful place to visit and uh, has so much to offer. That's wonderful. Now, how did you connect? Oh, they're still trying to get Lynn. I, I, I know what's happening here. But anyway, how did you connect with uh, Lynn Scalaro at Resurrection? How did this happen? I, well, I think it's fascinating. You know, this, this sounds a little... Um, offbeat but we have kids and one of the movies they love is that um the one with uh, julie andrews she's the queen of Grenovia, but it's a little town it sounds yes. as charming as um san marino yes that's that that's true you know hello? san marino does have a lot of charm and it is the, hello? Uh, a hello very... hello lynn yes okay we're we're, we're here uh, robert and i are just giving a little picturesque tour of san marino and we'll bring you in in just a second Okay. No problem. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead, Robert. So, you, you know, um, what, what I wanted to do is really to, to foster the bonds of uh, shared history between, between Chicago and San Marino. And, and the story of Ernest Hemingway and how he was saved by San Marino is certainly one of the ways to do that. And I thought uh, Resurrection, um, being a good Catholic uh, all-girls um, school, would be appropriate because another interesting aspect of, of San Marino uh, is that it has had more female heads of state than any other country in the world. It has had 18 uh, female heads of state in its illustrious history. So that's why uh, it's lasted from the year <laughs> right. 300, and it's run extremely well. This is true. And then I, I wanted to really figure out a way to keep the spirit of cross-border learning alive during during the pandemic. Wonderful. And so with, with Lynn's extremely valuable help, we were able to do that. Well, Lynn, welcome. Hello, uh, good welcome morning. to Catholic Chicago. I was saying to Robert, I'm very familiar with Resurrection High School. I was at St. Paul the Cross for many years as a pastoral associate. Uh, not, I'm not as a layperson. Uh, many of our uh, students from St. Paul went to Resurrection. My daughter-in-law graduated from Resurrection, and uh, we have a special needs daughter, an older daughter, but her, the person who sat with her when we would go out uh, graduated uh, last year, Rachel McNutt, and she actually raved all the time about Resurrection. So, so wonderful, wonderful history. So, Lynn, how did you... Give a little bit of background on Resurrection so people understand uh, the beautiful mission that that high school has had for many, many years. Well, this is just my first year at um, Resurrection. I actually retired from teaching at the end of May last year, and uh, that was short-lived. And um, 
So I'm very <laughs> happy. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm very happy to be at Resurrection um, uh, part time uh, as their Italian teacher. Um, I, um, I I I graduated from Mother Jaren, so uh, you know Catholic uh, all women's Catholic education has always been very important to to me and to our family as well. Um, in the, in the short time I've been here, it's just an extremely um, uh, impressive school. Um, the the quality of education that that the, uh, the the teachers and the administration provide to the girls, especially the time, time is is just is phenomenal. And um, also continuing with many projects like this, um, you know, an example of Resurrection's visit, vision of assisting students to make real world connections, um, you know, between the classroom and the larger society that they are called. To transform and career pathways, making connections—it's just—it's just been a wonderful experience. And the girls are, um, you know, being a college prep school, it is they, they certainly are receiving a high quality education. It's just—it's it, just been a pleasure to be here. Wonderful. Now, this doesn't happen overnight, Robert, and then maybe Lynn. How did this relationship develop with Resurrection and with uh, the Republic of San Marino? Well, well I. I fortunate uh, to have had a, a long-standing uh, relationship with uh, Lynn through the Italian community here in Chicago, which were both very active. So uh, I was uh, talking to her one day. She had congratulated me on uh, becoming the Council of San Marino, and we got to talking about how we can uh, promote both San Marino uh, and, um, and Resurrection, and we came up with the idea of using the vehicle of the, the history of, um, uh, of Ernest Hemingway to do that, um, because, again, um, he has ties uh, to both uh, this, this part of the country and also to, uh, to San Marino, as actually does Abraham Lincoln. There is a fascinating story between uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln and the, the uh, captain's regent, uh, the, the, the governors of San Marino, who started a correspondence uh, during the Civil War. So there are these incredible stories of commonality between San Marino and Illinois. And Lynn, how did you pitch this to, I mean, this has never happened at Resurrection High School beforehand. Have they had this no. kind of a relationship? So how did you pitch this idea and where does it fit in? Does it, is it extracurricular or fit into the curriculum? So this was something that um, I really, I really wanted to bring experiences to the girls um, that were not just within the classroom. This has been um, pretty much over my entire career with um, internships and bringing the Italian language not just in the classroom but out into the community, whether it's the Italian American community, Italy, done exchanges and so forth. And so um, I, I told the girls that you know uh, my history and some of the things that I wanted to do, and I really, especially during this time, I wanted to give them something different, something extraordinary something you know turning can't do's into can do's and so um i i talked with my italian three honors students um because i know i'll have them this year and next year and um i just said hey how would you like to do something like this um my friend robert and i told him about his history and i said you know how would you like to do um something like this and um so we engaged in the conversation together, and we decided as a class that this is something we wanted to move forward with, and um, it's pretty exciting. We're pretty pretty excited, and uh, within a week or so, they're going to meet their friends from San Marino uh, via Zoom, and um, I think it's just, I think it's good for them to learn about making connections, um, understanding the professional world outside of the school. Um, we did have a wonderful um, introduction with Robert and a friend of mine, uh, Dr. Courtney Ruffner, who is a um, 
a professor of literature at the State College of Florida, and she is a Hemingway scholar. And so, let's this, do this. this. Let's do this. They're signaling me to take a little break. When we sure. come, when we come back, let's start to talk about the Hemingway Project and how it fits into your program. WNDZ awesome. seven fifty AM, Catholic Chicago. Mark Tracy here, sitting in for Father Greg Sackwitz. Maybe we'll do the next session all in Italian. Okay, and we'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. a gently used laptop or desktop computer that is gathering dust in your home? Consider donating to our Catholic Charities Veterans Computer Project. We will clean out your device, give it new software, and repurpose it for a veteran who is looking for employment. Your gift will make an incredible difference in a veteran's ability to find a job. Catholic Charities provides veteran services throughout Lake and suburban Cook Counties, giving participants an array of professional and personal support. Our veterans have served our country, and it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Services and the Veterans Computer Project, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Hello, I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich. I got my COVID-19 vaccination and you should too. It took just a few seconds and was painless. The Food and Drug Administration determined the new vaccines are safe and effective. And the Holy See, as well as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops has concluded getting the COVID-19 vaccine is an act of love of our neighbor and part of our more responsibility for the common good. We have lived with the pandemic for many months, and I know we're all getting tired of it. Vaccination is one of the most important ways you can protect your health and the lives of those you love and help bring the pandemic under control. When it is your turn, I urge you to be vaccinated. And remember, to do your part by wearing a mask, washing your hands, and watching your distance. Thank you, and God bless you all. Chicago. We're having a fascinating conversation with Robert Allegrini, counsel in Chicago for the Republic of San Marino, Lynn Scalaro, teacher at Resurrection College Prep. Both of these wonderful individuals have forged a relationship for Resurrection students uh, studying the history of San Marino. I want to welcome Antonio Baroni, who's a junior at Resurrection. Antonio, you're there with us? Hi. Hello. How are you? Good, good, good. Let's start this way. Antonia, Tell us a little bit about how, how you see this program, this relationship of resurrection with San Marino, and how are you involved? Um, well, I think this uh, doing this will open up a lot of 
options for us in the future. I think it's exposing us to a lot of good um, skills that we'll need in the future as well. Um, and I think this will be good for every student involved. Say something in Italian, a little something. You're an Italian student, right? Yeah. Say something. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Um, buongiorno, come stai? That's good. Bene, bene. Okay, wonderful. Okay. Now let's talk a little bit about uh, Ernest Hemingway and that connect. Maybe why don't we start with Robert, how how he connects with the history of San Marino, and then Lynn, how you connect with that history. So, Robert? You know, a fascinating story. Uh, so um, San Marino uh, was officially neutral during the First World War, but uh, it um, obviously was... Um, pro-Italian in sentiment, uh, being of, of the Italian peninsula. And so uh, San Marino uh, had the idea to support the war effort through the establishment of a, a field hospital oh. on the Italian front during the First World War. And Ernest Hemingway, as, uh, as many of us know from, um, from his history and, and from the semi-autobiographic work, A, a, a Farewell to Arms, was an ambulance driver for the Red Cross in Italy who was gravely wounded when he was uh, passing out some supplies on the Italian front. And he was taken to this field hospital of San Marino. He became the first patient of American descent to be treated at this hospital. And they literally saved his life because he had been the victim of uh, an Austrian shelling uh, and uh, his leg was, was full of shrapnel, and, uh, and so the doctors from the field hospital of San Marino operated on him and saved his life, and he was forever grateful to San Marino for that and actually subsequently visited the country to, to thank the, uh, the doctors and the, uh, the people behind the hospital who saved him. Beautiful. Now, Lynn, how do you connect that? Uh, in terms of curriculum and how, how the students are going to learn about this. Is this already a topic that they've studied or they're going to? No, this is something we're just uh, we're starting all together. We're starting this journey together um, because, um, you know, I, I, again, being an Italian teacher, I mean, I've, I've read many things when I was in college and high school. But um, so this is a great way for me also to, to connect with the girls and, and to kind of learn together. So what I did was um, created a scope and sequence for the project of what the resurrection students would do, and then also with the San Marino students and engaging conversations with the, the teachers um, from their school as well. And um, so we're going to break it down into groups, and uh, the students are going to be able to choose whether they want to talk about the biography of Hemingway, his residence in Oak Park, his yes. life, his career, and his desire to serve the community, uh, the, the country. And then um, also taking um, the um, Farewell to Arms, uh, the movie In Love and War with Sandra Bullock, and then a, a short story that, again, a friend of mine who is the uh, professor of literature in Florida um, brought to our attention, to me and the girls, um, the Cat in the Rain uh, short story. And so they're going to research these and kind of talk about him and um, how it all relates to, to his love for Italy and his time in Italy. The San Marino students are basically doing sort of the same thing, but on their side. So we've got a group of students who are going to talk about the sites and the monuments, and in particular Hemingway's um, San Marino and his love affair for them, um, their, their position in Italy during the war, 
um, and the relationship between San Marino and Italy based on its position in the middle of the country. Along with uh, San Marino um, and his journey in Italy, we found out, uh, obviously, he was with the Red Cross, and so was in, and San Marino saving his life. But um, we also found out that there is a doctor who is very, very familiar with the story in San Marino, and um, the, the students are actually, the, the teachers and, and students are actually beginning a relationship with him um, that uh, somebody you know holds um, Hemingway's baptismal certificate. And um, so it's, it's, it's really kind of great to see how we're kind of taking the same topics and the students are going to work together, do some research, and then they'll do a final project. And um, it should be pretty cool. Pretty and, excited. And Lynn, your teaching career is just beginning again. With this project, yes, it's wonderful. We'll go with that. <laughs> yes, what, it what is great energy. You know, we're going to take a little break. WNDZ seven fifty AM, Catholic Chicago. When we come back, maybe I will ask Antonio, Antonia, excuse me, Antonio, Antonia Baroni, a little bit more insight from a student perspective on how this expands your understanding of even how how learning occurs. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. Hey, it's Timothy Johnston here from Liturgy Training Publications. Over the past few months, I'm sure you've found yourself at home more, whether it's working from home or watching live stream masses on Sunday mornings. As we begin adjusting to this at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things I missed the most was gathering with friends at the parish. That's why we at LTP have created this new virtual gathering series called Living the Sunday Word. We meet virtually on Thursday evenings each week and reflect on the upcoming Sunday readings. And with that, we share stories to help us more fully reflect on the Word of God. I'm inviting each of you to join us, a group of friends meeting virtually from all parts of the country. So visit ltp.org for more information and to register. You won't want to miss this. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. We're back, Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. Mark Teresi here, Executive Director of Holy Name Cathedral, sitting in for our host, Father Greg Sackowitz, uh, who is the Rector of Holy Name Cathedral, and also he's recovering from that hip surgery. He's doing well. He sends his regards. And we're speaking with Robert Allegrini, Council in Chicago, Republic of San Marino, Lynn Scalaro, Teacher at Resurrection College Prep, both of these wonderful individuals have created a wonderful, wonderful 
kind of immersion education program about San Marino for the young women at Resurrection High School. Antonia Baroni is one of those young women. Antonia, with how you've studied, so you're a junior, so with how you've studied at Resurrection, what's different about this program, this course? Um, the whole process is different. This is, I feel like it's very professional. Mm-hmm. We had a webinar, which is very different than a Zoom class with um, a professor who knew a lot about Ernest Hemingway, and all of us were so interested at the new information that we're getting because she she gave us a lot of new information. Now, and, and Tony, I have a question. So are you, do you think for Ms. Ms. Scalara and Mr. Allegrini, you might be nudging them into a field trip to San Marino? <laughs> well, I sure hope so. Okay. Start, I, I thought I'd crack it open for you right now <laughs> in this moment. Sounds like a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to kind of complete the immersion. But anyway, keep me posted on that. And then maybe when you go on that trip, we'll do a remote from San Marino. That would be a great program. Now let's talk about the Lincoln story, Robert. You said Lincoln is connected to San Marino. Yes, it's true. So, you know, San Marino is really the oldest republic in the world. And during the Civil War, uh, when things looked very difficult here in the United States, Uh, The leaders of San Marino, the captain's regent, because they have in San Marino two co-heads of state um, that are referred to as the captain's regent, wrote Abraham Lincoln to give him encouragement during the Civil War. And they began a correspondence. So it was a correspondence between the oldest republic in the world and the newest republic in the world during a time when most of the world were, were still monarchies. And so uh, Abraham Lincoln uh, felt um, very moved by this correspondence from from San Marino. The government in San Marino had actually offered Abraham Lincoln honorary citizenship in San Marino, which he had accepted. And in the course of this correspondence, Abraham Lincoln wrote of San Marino, while your dominion is small, your country is one of the most honored in all history. And there's a bust of Abraham Lincoln in the government building in San Marino. And under that bust is that very quote complimenting San Marino as being one of the most honored states in all of history. So it's really, really amazing. I'd like to get that original correspondence uh, if I can and see if I can have it placed at least um, on loan at the Abraham Lincoln Museum in Springfield, because here is a really remarkable story that few people know about correspondence between the oldest republic in the world and what was then the newest. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, we only have a few minutes left. Lynn? Yes? I would like you to, what are your hopes for for our, for our your students at RES with this course? What, what do you hope for? Well, I, I think bringing the language to life. Um, they're not just learning something, you know, with them in 80-minute period and 80-minute when we meet. And um, also, and building relationships, I think, is so important. And um, connections with um, people around the world and also within people within our own Italian-American community, which we have already started. And um, I just hope that it continues. Beautiful. And let me salute both 
you, Lynn, and Robert for this wonderfully innovative program. And you know what, Antonia, I'm going to give you the last word today. Uh, a little bit, uh, tell uh, listeners about Resurrection High School. Give them an understanding of why it's important for young women to consider Resurrection. Resurrection is a great school. It definitely opens up so many opportunities for young women, successful young women, um, and I am proud to be part of their big vision. Well, let me tell you this, Antonia, you're a very articulate young woman, and they should be very proud that you're representing Resurrection today on this program. So I'd like to thank... Thank you. Yeah, I'd like to thank Robert Allegrini, Council in Chicago for the Republic of San Marino. I'd like to thank Lynn Scalaro, who's starting a second career now as another, uh, another career with Innovative Teaching, Resurrection College Prep High School, their program, which studies the history and uh, current history of San Marino and past history and the connections. And I'd like to thank Antonia Baroni, Jr. at Resurrection, very articulately expressing to all of us why, why Resurrection. High school is important uh, as uh, all girls high school and the mission that they have in our city um, and in our world now with San Marino connected. So thank you so much uh, for being with us today and we will be back in a few minutes. Uh, please stay tuned. Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. on your dial. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Catholic Charities After Supper Visions program offers guests of our Tuesday night supper the opportunity to learn the art of photography. These talented guests who are often experiencing homelessness are offered disposable digital cameras and they work with volunteer professional photographers to learn the basics of taking photos. Then the artists go out and capture images on film of anything they find to be beautiful or interesting in the world. Their photos are amazing. Visit AfterSupperVisions.com to learn more about the artists and their artwork. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, too. At After Supper Visions, we are developing film, talent, and hope. Throughout our nation and our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago.
Welcome back to Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. on your dial. Mark Teresi, Executive Director of Holy Name Cathedral, who's sitting in for our host, Father Greg Sackowitz, who is uh, recovering from his hip surgery. He sends his regards. And in this half of our program, we're welcoming Phil Bradley, the President of Nonviolent Works, Larry Campbell, Treasurer of Nonviolent Works, guests that have been on this program many, many times. We have a deep, Father Greg sends his regards to Phil and Larry this morning we were chatting, and uh, we have a deep respect for the work that you do. We're happy that you can join us. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Mark. Good, good to be with you. Uh, Father Greg, when I, uh, I actually was driving him over for his treatment this morning, he said, well, make sure you ask uh, Phil and Larry to give people a little bit of background again on nonviolent work so people understand. Uh, don't, he didn't want to assume that people understood what this was, what the program was. So please, Phil, you want to start, and then Larry can jump in. Sure, uh, and thank you, and our prayers go out to Father Greg. Thank well, you. I, I will let him know that. I'll see him later today. Yes, sir. Thank you much. Uh, uh, Nonviolence Works is a continuation of the civil rights movement. Uh, in that respect. Uh, the teachings and the principles come from that. And we uh, got together several years ago uh, as a collaboration of looking at how do we put nonviolence uh, within our own community, uh, within our own church structure, and, within, and as a violence prevention dynamic. And so as a result of that, myself, uh, O'Freedy, and Larry have been in thought prayer working and organizing to teach nonviolence at the local level. Now, how long ago was it formed? Uh, we're going into like our fifth year. Is that right, Larry? That's correct, Phil, yes. Okay, wonderful. So 2016? Yes. Mm -hmm. And what happened, just uh, what really ignited at this level, was that the Pope, uh, Pope Francis, when he hit the scene, he came out when violence was at its height. Uh, in, in Chicago, he gave Chicago a prayer. And his prayer for Chicago was that we practice nonviolence. And so as a result of working on the Pope's prayer for Chicago, uh, well, you know, you have to put legs on the prayer. It's not enough to just pray about it. You have to do something about it. Right. And how, so we, I was so just we start going to different parishes, teaching it. I was going to say, it helps when the Pope's on your side, doesn't it? And it helps right. when the Pope's on your side. I keep that letter in my pocket. Exactly. Uh, just yep. so people know I'm not making this up. Now, Larry, what about you? How did you get involved? And and give us a little bit of your perspective on the history of uh, nonviolence sure. works. Well, you know, we, we talked about having Pope Francis on our side, but of course the most important person on our side is Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus was the founder of nonviolence, and then from him, um, Gandhi and Dr. King used the same principles, techniques to um, promote and understand that the way of nonviolence is the way we all should should act, and it's very, very effective. So um, just what? like a lot of other things, um, Mark, I went to a seminar mm -hmm. that Phil and Elfridi were doing at um, uh, Holy Family, and I was so impressed by what uh, they were talking about and, and what Phil was teaching that I went up to him at, at lunchtime, and we just started talking. Mm -hmm. And at that point, the Holy Spirit enlightened the three of us and said, let's get together on a formal basis 
and put all our, our uh, efforts and enthusiasm toward this. And as Phil said, we've been around for a number of years now. Now, you both and Elfrida have a deep passion for this. Um, why is it important? Why is it important for people to understand uh, and incorporate nonviolence training into their lives? Phil? Very, very good question. Well, one of the things that, that we have to see presently, we see the meltdown in our society mm-hmm. of lack of civility, primarily, that leads to violence. And it's only because we haven't been taught the alternative. Uh, we don't know the alternative. Uh, we have been, we live in a violent culture. We believe that violence works and it has a payoff, but we starting to see that violence is not working, and it's and the payoffs are not as grand as we used to think it was because it never was. Uh, and so we have to be taught a higher level of civility, and that highest level is called nonviolence. Exactly. How do you be nonviolent to yourself? How do you how are you nonviolent to your spouse? How are you nonviolent to your children? And how you teach your children to be nonviolent, because those are the tears that we are missing right now. People are disrespecting themselves, domestic violence on the uprise, child abuse, and how people treat other people, and that comes out of our family life. Well, it is interesting because some of it um, is undercover, like you said, domestic violence. I remember when I was at St. Mary of the Woods Parish, Father Charles Down Down uh, offered a session uh, for people to come and just to hear about domestic violence, how to deal sure. with it. And I think there were like 60 people showed up in person. This was before, you know, pre-COVID. And that was just to me reflective of numbers that didn't show also. So, mm-hmm. so it is prominent. Now I don't want to get political, but Larry, so do, do a, dis, a dissection of this for folks. To, so look at the training that you do. And I'm not political, but I want to get uh, – it's a good example. Look at January 6th and how people dealt with that issue. And what training could have been helpful for some of those folks in terms of, of uh, what really did transpire in terms of violence? Um, hey, let, me, let me answer that because uh, I talk about it in our training. Uh, one of the things you have to be able to, to do is define violence for what it is. Uh, and give it in, and call it out for what it is. In the training, we we say that violence is a concealed truth and a promoted lie. You need these two ingredients for Could violence. You to happen. Say that again, please. A concealed truth plus a promoted lie. Whenever violence happens, these are the two ingredients. This is what calls the combustion. Okay. Well, when we looked at that event, you have to say, was there any truth being concealed, and were there any lies being promoted? Oh, well, yes. Well, that's what created the violence. And it happens in every, I don't care if it's war, I don't, in every situation when violence happens, these two ingredients are involved. And think about so, in terms of families. The same thing. So yeah, very. the truth you're not telling, there's a lie you're promoting, and you have to use violence to make people believe it. So even the capital, they have to use violence to make people believe their cause. But it wasn't true. Right. Uh, it was just violence. Let's do this. Let's take a little break. Uh, WNDZ 750 AM on your dial, Catholic Chicago. We're speaking with Phil Bradley, president of Nonviolent Works, Larry Campbell, treasurer of Nonviolent Works. Maybe when we come back, Larry, I'll ask you, um, what are some steps people can do to avoid uh, nonviolence in their lives? Um, We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. 
Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time, virtually, with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312-937-3375. The Word Made Clear is exactly what its name implies. It's an easy-to-understand explanation of the Word of God, the Gospel. Hello, I'm Father James McElhone, Director of Biblical Formation for the Archdiocese of Chicago. I'd like to invite you to take our free online Bible study program by going to thewordmadeclear.org. Our website offers an audio-based guide to the Gospels of Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. Listen to my lectures and follow along with the handouts provided. There are even discussion guides. You can also explore the biblical roots of the Mass. And there are links to a wide variety of biblical sources that will benefit both teachers and students of the sacred scriptures. Just go to wordmadeclear.org to experience our free online Bible study program. Again, it's free at wordmadeclear.org. It's the Word of God. Enjoy. Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. On your dial, Mark Tracy here sitting in for our host, Father Greg Sackowitz, who is continuing his recovery, the hip surgery. He's doing well. He sends his regards to everybody. Uh, it was in a very genteel way pointed out to me before the break. I said, we're going to talk with Larry about uh, steps to avoid nonviolence. Well, no, we're going to talk You're about violence. you were going to steps to avoid <laughs> violence. Larry, do you want to jump in and correct me sure. on that? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Mm. You know what? Um, I think the the first thing, of course, is is ignorance. Um, you know, we we throw the word nonviolence around, and most people really don't understand it. And I think two of the the biggest misconceptions, Mark, mm-hmm. is one that it's passive, right. And second, that it doesn't work. And both those are completely false. And I know that, you know, Phil spends so much of, of the training trying to give definitions of what it is. And, I, you know, I think when people really begin to realize that the light bulb goes off in their head, and, and they, they realize that at some parts of their life, almost all of us have been violent. So one of the things that Nonviolence Works does um, is that Phil teaches two courses. One is a one-day session 
which will go to parishes um, to teach uh, the steps, techniques, philosophy of nonviolence. And then there's a longer program for those folks who are really interested in learning and possibly being trainers themselves. And this is a 40-hour program where um, Phil gives the, the, you know, the wonder of his experience for over 30 years in this field. And um, at the end of the program, uh, those folks will be somewhat uh, ready to go out to their neighborhoods, their community, their family to teach nonviolence. And I would imagine, uh, Phil, we're going to ask you to define that a little more. I'm going to ask you where. Well, Greg's not here, but um, but it must take courage uh, as you're looking at this training. Because if you're talking uh, about defining violence as a concealed truth, that means that you have to speak that truth out loud. And, and if it's a promoted lie, you have to dissipate that promotion of that lie. And both of those steps probably take extreme courage, and you can't do that alone. Phil, where does the program where does the program fit into that? Well, what it does it gives people tools uh, to uh, navigate those issues. Uh, one of the tools that we give them uh, in the initial part of the lesson is called the heart lesson. How to examine your own heart, and that is how do you look into your own past and look at injuries and issues that have stifled you, and have actually tainted how you look at the world. Through your own through your own family dynamics, mm-hmm. uh, and we sometimes think that our distortion comes from outside of ourselves, when in fact it comes from our home life uh, and how we perceive life from our home life. And so we we get people to start forgiving people at home, practice forgiving your loved one, forgiving your sister, forgiving your brother, forgiving your your children, forgiving your father, and you have to practice that muscle of forgiveness. But if you can't do it with those that you say you should be in love with, mm-hmm. it's hard trying to love your enemy. But, but what happens when your family member is your enemy? So this is the other side of it. So what if your husband is the enemy? Well, how do you love your enemy? What if your child is the enemy? So we, 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 show, we give them the tools of how to take their personal responsibility that, that is theirs to help correct themselves. Before you think you can help correct society, you have to really go work on yourself. So you're training people to understand their truth. Yes. Embrace that truth um, and and then forgive. And then forgive. Very scripturally based. Right. So you have to confess, repent, and forgive. So you have to acknowledge wrong. Not just the wrongness in the... Our world is our family. That's our world. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other world is another world, but... uh, your immediate world, how you see yourself, love yourself, know yourself, comes from people that help rear you and the institutions they put you in. And so, and when you don't have that purposeful, positive experience, you have to forgive these people because they too did not get it either. So it's not that they got something, they didn't give it to you. They didn't have it either. So that's why you have to forgive them because they don't know what they were doing. Yeah, that, and so it, it brings that compassion. It makes a lot of sense. Our youngest is special needs. She's 27, but she's very empowered and capable. Why? Because her mom is extremely uh, empowering to her. Yeah. And her truth, even in her world, which is maybe more focused than our world, but her truth is she can do anything. 
she can do anything. Yeah, and that I see the impact of that. Now, how do people connect with this program? Uh, well, they can they can uh, reach out. We have a, a website, uh, and we have uh, a number for enrollment. Uh, Larry, can you give them the information on that? Yeah, why don't you do sure. that, and then we'll repeat sure. it a couple more times. Go ahead. Sure. Thank you. Okay, so it's www.nonviolenceworkschicago.org. That's www.nonviolenceworkschicago.org. No space, just straight across. And what are they going to find on that website in terms of registering for this training course? Oh, they'll they'll find basically not just uh, information on registering, Mark, but information about Nonviolence Works, what we do, what we offer. Um, it's it's a great website. Uh, the other way that people can get in touch with us is by contacting Phil, and his number is area code 312-513-7876. Repeat that, That's please. 312-513-7876. Okay, let's do this. Before we take a break, repeat the website one more time. Repeat Phil's number, and then we're going to take a little break, sure. and then we'll come back. Go ahead. Sure. www dot nonviolenceworks chicago dot org okay. and Phil's number again is three one two five one three seven eight seven six. Wonderful. We're gonna take a little break. WNDZ seven fifty AM Catholic Chicago. We're speaking with Phil Bradley, president of Nonviolent Works, Larry Campbell, the treasurer of Nonviolent Works, two very committed individuals to the idea that lives can change. We're save lives. We're going to change lives if people understand their truths. So we'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the Archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. The effort to get vaccinated, why the church is helping to spread the word. We'll go inside the classroom as a national study shows how Chicago's Catholic schools are keeping students on track during the pandemic. And too many people are going hungry. We'll visit a food pantry where Catholics are working to meet that need. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. Hello, I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich. I got my COVID-19 vaccination, and you should too. It took just a few seconds and was painless. The Food and Drug Administration determined the new vaccines are safe and effective. And the Holy See, as well as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, has concluded getting the COVID-19 vaccine is an act of love of our neighbor 
and part of our moral responsibility for the common good. We have lived with the pandemic for many months, and I know we're all getting tired of it. Vaccination lives of those you love and help bring the pandemic under control. When it is your turn, I urge you to be vaccinated. And remember to do your part by wearing a mask, washing your hands, and watching your distance. Thank you, and God bless you all. I'm Catholic Chicago, Mark Tracy, Executive Director of Holy Name, sitting in for Father Greg Sackowitz, who is the rector at Holy Name. He's continuing his recovery from hip surgery. We're speaking uh, with Phil Bradley, President of Nonviolent Works, Larry Campbell, Treasurer, Nonviolent Works. We have one more segment. I have tons more questions, so hopefully you'll be back soon and we can continue our conversations. One question I had and I don't know what the right word is, but as people start to explore in training uh, this, the nonviolent works, actions that need to be looked at in terms of even concealed truth, uh, promoted lies that need to be resolved, that's serious stuff. So it, are there referral networks that you have also for people if they need like a more intense way of looking at some of these issues? Either... Well, well, well. Well, what we try to do is make ourselves accessible to people who have questions, uh, who are really taking it serious, and processing it, and doing projects around it. So, yes, we do, like, tech, tech support. We give that spiritual support, that intellectual support for those who are climbing that mountain. Uh, so we, we definitely do that. Good. That's very important. Uh, Mark, I'm sorry. Go One ahead, other thing. I'm trying to interrupt. The other thing that I, I love what Phil does is, you know, the training we have, the 40-hour training is uh, 10 Saturdays in a row. We're having it right now. At the end of the four hours of the formal training that Phil gives everyone, he also offers after that for anybody who would like to stick around and just talk about whether it's a class, whether it's, it's issues that they're having personally with nonviolence. And in most cases, two-thirds of the class do stay and talk to Phil for another hour, hour and a half. So we always make ourselves available if somebody uh, needs some assistance or just reflection. That's you know, one of the thing that I'm sorry. One of the thing I'd really like to mention real quick. The other misconception about nonviolence is, well, it worked for Gandhi and it worked mm -hmm. for Dr. King. Yeah. Doesn't work now. You know, Miramar um, has is going through nonviolence right now. And, and the campaign to try to bring the military junta down through nonviolence. So it works today just like it worked before. So before we close our program today, both you, uh, Larry, and Phil, what can I do? What can I do? What can our listeners do in terms of looking at this issue of nonviolence and, uh, and becoming active? Well, well, let me just say a very 
simple thing for any church core because nonviolence is built uh, on the teachings of Jesus Christ, and that teaching came out of the Sermon on the Mount. So mm-hmm. people just uh, sit down and read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It would give you the basic blueprint of what Jesus' expectations are for our behavior because he's the guy. Mm-hmm. He's the model. He's the mentor. He's the savior. And he gives it, he's given some instruction. Now, he doesn't, we don't think like he does, and that's why we violate he's not. So you have to start thinking like him to come to nonviolence. So it's really a spiritual conversion. It's something. a spiritual conversion, yes. But then, like I share with the students, if you can't make that spiritual leap, then there's an intellectual conversion. How do I jump the track? Do we explain that for those who don't want to deal with their heart? Then how do you make bad choices called cause and effect? So by the end of the training, those who didn't see the heart lesson over time, we'll see it because it, everything's come full circle. Yeah, it's integra- you can't get around it. It's integration. Larry, what about you? What can, from your perspective, you had a conversation with Phil that probably changed your life in terms of this. It did. It did. You know, I've always been been interested in, in nonviolence, but that really just I focus so much in terms of of that conversation, realizing that God and the Holy Spirit were there to to help us along, to bring us together. To make the work of of uh, nonviolence prominent, um, you know uh, what Phil said was was great suggestion. The other thing, of course, is read the New Testament. You know, uh, Phil's right. Sermon on the Mount is the, is the best example, but certainly there are many instances of of Jesus practicing nonviolence, but again in a proactive way, not in a passive way, exactly. but a proactive way. So let's. Tell our listeners again, how can they be proactive? How can they sign up for the training course and get give your website information and Phil's number one more time? Sure. Phil's number again is 312-513-7876. 312-513-7876. And your website? And the website again, www.nonviolenceworks.com. Chicago.org. Wonderful. I'd like to thank Phil Bradley, President of Nonviolent Works, Larry Campbell, Treasurer, Nonviolent Works. The titles aren't as important to me as your passion for this area. And the commitment that you both have exhibited uh, is exemplary for us. We need to connect with that, and hopefully our listeners uh, will connect with the mission. And uh, hopefully in their hearts, they resolve um, those concealed truths, the promoted lies, and uh, trust in Jesus Christ. And we thank, thank you again, uh, Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. Um, have a blessed week.